New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. Andrea is away today. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy. I urge you to check out iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. It makes a big difference, brings more listeners to the program. And I'm really thrilled today to have the wonderful Kavita Chanayan, MD, on the program. We're going to be talking about her wonderful book, Shakti Rising, Embracing Shadow and Light on the Goddess Path to Wellness. Dr. Chanayan, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Thank you so much. You know, this was so interesting to me. There was something, this is something that I really was not familiar with. And in the book, you look at something called, I hope I say this right, uh, Mahavidas. These are 10 aspects of the Divine Mother. Did I, you can cor- correct me. <laughs> it's uh, Mahavidya. Oh, Mahavidyas. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, first Mahavidya. of all, I would love to know when you got interested in this. And then I really want to jump into what are these Mahavidyas. Yeah, these Mahavidyas. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I um, uh, this was a, a, a you know the Mahavidyas are ten specific forms of the divine feminine that um, yes. somebody who is on the path of Shakti uh, is likely to encounter. And uh, for me, this happened over a few over a number of years, um, probably a decade ago, and from then up to now. And what does that mean exactly? Like when you're seeking the Shakti, what does that yeah. mean? Well, um, not seeking the Shakti. It's it's the it's the path of Shakti. But, and oh, Shakti is just a um, just another name for the divine feminine. And um, so, when there are specific practices and specific um, ways of treading that path, and these ten goddesses um, are are encountered on that path. So when you talk about the divine feminine, what does that mean exactly? And how is that going to help our lives? Or does it help us reach our goals or know ourselves better? Tell us why this is something someone would want to look into. And I'm assuming this is just for women or is this something that men could look at as well? Oh, it's for everybody. Um, because, okay. you know, I, I think one of the common mistakes uh, that are made um, is is to assume that the goddess is somehow, you know, only applicable to uh, women. So I think we should back up a little bit so we can we can sure. kind of untangle the issue of what the divine feminine really is. Yes. So, um, so you know, when we look at um, the supreme, the divine, uh, or the the highest truth, that really has no gender. You know, this issue of being masculine or feminine doesn't even apply to this, um, the highest truth, the highest light, or however you want to call that. And so in the beginning, before creation, that that force, that supreme force, just rests as a potential. And the, the first movement in that potential is, it creates this separation or this, this um, division of the masculine from the feminine. So when we say masculine here, we are referring to Shiva. And by that, it means Shiva is stillness, still awareness. So Shiva has no movement. And all of Shiva's movements are performed by Shakti. Shakti literally means power. The power of the divine is the feminine aspect. 
So, but that doesn't mean that they are separable. They're always and always one. It's like saying fire and heat. They always go together. And so do Shiva and Shakti. So, uh, you know, these kinds of divisions are just really for the human mind to comprehend things that are beyond comprehension. <clears throat> but in reality, actually, there is no such division of the masculine and the feminine. So um, does that clarify, the, you know, what we were talking about? Um, Shakti. Yes. Yeah. So when we when we look at it like this, then all movements in creation, including our thoughts and our emotions and who we think we are and our stories and our identity, all of that is a form of Shakti. So you see why this is absolutely relevant to men too, because it's not only in women. These are these uh, you know forces of creation that are universally present in everybody and every creature is Shakti. So um, so that is actually a little bit different probably from what um, you know, people may uh, have understood as the divine feminine or the divine masculine. So in this particular tantric path, um, Shakti is all that the dynamism of creation is Shakti. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, you know, especially when I, I'm looking at this great chart that you did, the shadow and light aspects of the yeah. uh, Mahavidyas. And Mahavidyas, you've yeah. got, yes, I apologize. You have comparing and judging self-righteousness and aggression as a shadow. The light is nonviolence, uh, validation and justification, approval, seeking self-deception is truth, obsession and confusion over desire, non-clinging. So it's it's like we learn about this so we can cultivate specific values correct and live our lives in a more i don't know we say honorable way or more truthful way or more guided way How yeah i think it? in a more wholesome way and you wholesome. know to live we need that these days yeah oh yeah very it's a disaster much so. right now unbelievable yeah. Yeah, this definitely is for men and i i mean there's so much going on right now and it seems like what's happening to people you know but that's you know i won't bring in politics but i'll just say it's a very upsetting time and I feel like we've kind of gone away from right and wrong and ethics and values and the way we treat each other. It's very, it's very disheartening. So to have something like this is very timely. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when we look at, um, you know, these, uh, these different things that play within us, so the, the shadow of self-deception, for instance, or of aggression or non, you know, or violence, um, so these aren't really masculine qualities. They are the shadow qualities of the divine mm. feminine. <laughs> I see. So that's why it's relevant okay. for everybody. Okay, so these are, so if you have these different qualities, let's say, is it Kali or how do you pronounce that? The K-A-L-I? Kali. 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 Yeah. So let's say, so when I'm looking at the chart, I'll make sure so people understand. And it says shadow, comparing and judging, self-righteousness, aggression, and the light is nonviolence. So this is something that it, it's, there's both aspects of this. You have the shadow and the light. And is it, I'm guessing the goal is to get to the light yeah, right? and, and yeah. not be self-righteous and not be comparing and judging, which a lot of people do. Yes. And, yes. and, and, and then and you give exercises and, to do that, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and so it's not like a superficial kind of, you know, um, you know, let, let's just, um, you know, call in the light. It's, it's not like that. This takes really deep work because it, it really gets into our own mental patterns and our own conditioning and the way we are taught to behave from a very early age. And it, it takes a lot of that undoing. And so, um, 
you know, the 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 Mahavidyas are very fierce. You know, they. Um, so if you look at their imagery, for instance, there is nothing that that gives away this patriarchal definition of the feminine with with the Mahavidyas. I mean, they're all exceptionally fierce, like Kali is. And um, the reason for that is for us to get away from these kinds of definitions that bind us about feminine or masculine or this or that, and they jar us out of our, you know, uh, established ways of thinking and feeling and reacting in the world so that we can open to the light, which means the identification with our limited self. That is the shadow. And that shadow is really the fundamental cause of all the other shadows. If we knew who we are, which is our divine nature, we wouldn't be aggressive. Who would we be aggressive against if everybody that we see is is no different than us, right? And yes. um, so that light is, the light of each Mahavidya actually takes us away from this limited identification as taking our stories to be who we are. And the light aspect opens us to our true divine nature. You know, one of the ones that I really identified with was, uh, and I apologize in advance for how I'll say this, uh, Tripura Bahai Ravi? Oh, Bahai Ravi, yes, yes, yes. Oh, good. Okay. Non-serving habits and inertia. Not so much the inertia, but I definitely have been more aware lately of certain things that I do that aren't really serving me and they're not helping me (laughs) and I really want to overcome them. So let's use that one as an example. So that's a shadow. And then the light is perseverance. What are some of the habits that people can do if they're feeling that inertia or they're doing things that are really not serving them? Yeah, you know, um, and and that's such a great example because when when we look at you know even things like our health, right, and uh, a lot of our health problems, most of our health problems, particularly in the West, they are lifestyle issues. And they all come from yes. not um, you know living uh, in accordance with wholesomeness. So the way we eat and, you know, the way we sleep and uh, how we go about our lives being very stressed. And so all of those are very good examples of Tripura Bhairavi's shadow because it speaks of inertia. How many people do you know Mm. that know that they need to make a change, but they simply can't? You know, I need to quit smoking, but I, I, I just can't, right? Um, or oh, I know I need to start exercising, but I've, I've known this for 20 years and I've still not made that change. You know, it's not that we don't know what we must do. It's just that knowledge needs to be converted into action. And, and that doesn't happen for a lot of us. And that leads to chronic illnesses and um, health issues and so on. So that's a very good example of that. And the way to move into, into Bhairavi's you know, fire. So if you look at Bhairavi, she is fiery. And she represents that fire, which is really what we need. We need that fire in our bellies, but we need that fire to be very a pure kind of fire. It, it can't be a fire that um, is fed by greed and by, you know, blind ambition and so on. It needs to be one that is very wholesome and it, it burns you're trying to, you know, bring out the best in our the conversion of knowledge interaction. 
So what can we do? And I think there are exercises in the book um, and how to move about. So one of the things that um, you know drives that inertia is uh, lack of lack of movement. And sometimes it's lack of movement, and sometimes it's too much movement. So um, if if we are the kind, you know, sometimes uh, if, you know, I hear my, some of my patients say, "Well, I I can't move from the couch. You know, I'm just like once I sit there, I'm done." I, I just can't move. So if that is the issue, then movement is the remedy. You get up, go for a walk. It doesn't matter how you're feeling about it. You just get out of the mind and all of the uh, justifications and validations for why you can't do something and just do it. You know, it's like the uh, Nike commercial. Just do it. <laughs> Don't listen to the mind. Just yeah. get up and start moving. So... Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, an, uh, a very tricky issue is uh, this hyperactivity, which is um, overstimulation, which is also another big problem in our society. We are, have five different devices at any given oh, time. Yeah. We are completely addicted to that. And, um, and the remedy in that case is to stop that activity. And, to, and, and you know, this, the path of Shakti is one of, devotion and surrender it's not like a technique it's really of invoking the deity and saying a mother help me navigate help me navigate this particular challenge that i'm having show me the way where the knowledge can turn to wholesome action so the more we invoke piety the more we sit in that fire the, the cleaner that fire starts burning does that make sense Oh, completely. You know, I think at first when I, you know, because I, I mispronounce everything, <laughs> you know, you oh, look at okay. it, you might think, oh, this is, I don't understand this, or this seems complicated. But when you look at it, you realize that we're doing all of these things, so many of us, yeah. and to get past maybe feeling like this is unfamiliar, or I'm going to say it wrong, but to get underneath it and be like, wow, and that, that makes so much sense. And, you know, speaking of getting underneath it, I love on your website, how you share that you were, you know, sort of going along in your life and you've been very driven to academic excellence and material possessions and hoping to become permanently happy and fulfilled, as you say. And, uh, but there was this sadness in you and that's when you started realizing that there was something more you needed to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think all of us go through that, you know, we keep chasing something and then even when we get everything that we want, there remains this little sense of incompleteness. And that's exactly. And I think you know, I just feel like that's Shakti's playful way of turning us towards ourselves, our inner selves, and this inner journey. Yeah, I like that because we all need help. It isn't easy making changes. Exactly. And I, and I think looking to uh, spirituality because this is like I, I see this as a, a spiritual uh, yeah. path, right? Um, oh, yeah. Not necessarily religious, right? But spiritual. And and how do you uh-huh. define, what does that mean to you, a spiritual path? How would you define that? I think a spiritual path is one that turns us consistently to our true nature. It's this absolute mm. inner journey. It has nothing to do whatsoever with outer paraphernalia. It's not about how we dress. You know, it's not about crystals. It's not about this or that. Mm-hmm. Those are all fine. But that's not what the spiritual path is about. The spiritual path is this absolute, unwavering dedication to go within and to examine 
everything that is placed before us you know our and and it isn't necessarily easy it isn't necessarily pleasant because who wants to be coming face to face with their demons but that's really what we carry within us you know all the demons all the bad that ever is outside it is first in us so that commitment and that willingness to dig deep within ourselves that is the um you know the crux of the spiritual journey and you know what the the spiritual journey can be completely completely so internal that nobody outside can even know need know what we are going to or what path we are on so we don't need to announce it to anybody we don't need to you know try to convince other people to come on this path it's just completely personal completely internal it's between us and the divine and uh that's that's how i look at spirituality I really love that because I never thought of myself as a spiritual person. I wish Andrea was here. Oh my gosh, she would so be loving. <laughs> she does think she is more spiritual, and I, I guess I've never knew what that meant. You know, I mean, I was, I was, I'm Jewish, and I'm very culturally involved, but I was never. We were weren't religious, or you know. So I, I, I there's such a difference between religion and spirituality, but I think I've kind of lumped them together. So I've sort of shied away from it. So the way you talk yeah. about it is so inviting. So I, you really, this is really huge. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. And the thing is, you know, you can't really um, separate uh, spirituality from life because our life is the path. Yeah. You know, there isn't, whatever this conversation we're having right now, this is the path, you know, because at, while I'm talking to you, I'm completely aware of what's going on in, internally for me. And, um, and, you know, it, it can be very hidden. Nobody needs to know. And you can still live your life exactly as you're living it externally. But internally, you know, you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> now, once you realized, okay, I'm still sad, you know, these material things have not given me the happiness. How did you find this? Well, it was it was a long journey, and I think I mentioned some of that in the book, which is yes. you know I just um, I was uh, and you know this is how the spiritual path actually works. Actually, when you become ready, the teachers start coming to you, and that's exactly what happened to me. Is as as soon as I realized, okay, you know this is I'm looking in the wrong place. Um, it just all kind of doors started opening, and I started meditating, I started doing practices. Waking up really early because I had young children and I had my career, and um, so I still made time for it by waking up very early and then, you know, doing my practices and reading uh, after they went to bed. And so it was, um, it was just, you know, um, the 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 um, the burn, you know, the, the burning desire to traverse that path basically took over at that mm. point. And, um, and, you know, I came across many teachers and many uh, openings along the path. And uh, that's what led to this whole thing. You know, it's so interesting to me because I feel like lately I am more open and here you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. You know, yeah. before we, we have a, yeah, it is, it is, it's, it's kind of like that, isn't it? Where it just, if you're not ready, even if they're around, they might be, I mean, I don't know if you believe this, but maybe they're around the teachers, but you're not seeing them. 
or you're exactly. not feeling them or you're not. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. It's almost like when I was pregnant, I suddenly saw babies everywhere, but before that well, I yeah. never did, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. that they weren't there, you know, <laughs> exactly like that. Like all of a sudden. Yeah. Why are all these people out chasing me with their babies? You know, yeah, it's like you you have to be more open and have that awareness. You know, I want to just give a, a shout out to our sponsor, which allows us to do this fantastic show. They're the sponsor this month, Barleans. If you haven't tried it, it's fantastic. It's fish oils and seed oils and all these wonderful things. I take the mango peach omega swirl every day. My 13-year-old daughter takes it. She asks for it. It is delicious. Omega-3s are so important. So be sure to take your fish oil. And if you don't eat fish, your seed oil, barleans.com. You know, it's so important. We take care of the inside of us. As a matter of fact, you're an integrative cardiologist with, I, which I'd yeah. love to talk about in the last few minutes. What does that entail? Does that mean that you look at both Western and Eastern or complementary uh, therapies or talk to us about that? Yeah. So what that means is, you know, I, uh, obviously I'm trained in Western medicine, but I'm also trained in Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And, um, and mostly it, what it means to me is that, um, you know, there is um, nothing in a person's life that is left out of, you know, the issue of treatment or of diagnosis. As in, um, if you come to me with a heart problem and, you know, it, it would be ridiculous for me to not ask, you know, how are your menstrual cycles? How are you sleeping? And how's your digestion? Because everything, you know, our body doesn't see us as different chopped up organs, you know, it's mm -hmm. just one. And so, and then how's your, how, how are your relationships? How's your life? How's, you know, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? How are you responding to life? All of these things are very, very important. Um, so um, that is really the, um, you know, the crux of integrative medicine is to integrate various aspects of life into whatever it is that we are trying to determine um, in terms of disease and treatment, but also bring in more modalities that are holistic as in they apply to the, the mind and the body. So that for me, at least um, because of my interest in, in the inner journey, um, it, it always comes down to, you know, whether we are um, suffering because we are so caught up in this sense of a limited identity, or can we open to the bliss and the joy of our true nature? And and can that be done even though there is disease? And and it, um, that's what I do in my practice. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, the book is great. Shakti Rising, Embracing Shadow and Light on the Goddess Path to Wholeness. Kavita Chanayan, MD. Dr. Chanayan, tell us all the ways we can learn more about you and your fabulous work. Oh, thank you. Um, well, um, I have actually a 12-week online study course coming up uh, starting on March 1st, which oh, is going to be on, on Shakti Rising. and um, that'll be a deep dive into what these goddesses, how they actually manifest in us. And um, I have uh, another book coming out in January, which is called The Heart of Wellness, which is um, really about this integrative aspect and how to find wellness. And um, my website is a great place uh, for all these announcements. Uh, it's kavitamd.com. 
Well, I want to thank you so much. I'm really excited. I want to do that course. I want to dive in even deeper. I want to thank everyone for listening to Naturally Savvy. You can find us on social media at Naturally Savvy, at Your Radio MD, at Andrea Donsky, at Health Media Gal One. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It makes a big difference. And check out Barleans.com. My favorite is the mango peach, but the key lime pie is actually pretty darn good. We're talking about fish oil, people. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and stay well.